It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 439 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, December 19th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got Locked On NBA Daily with a bunch of different hosts chipping in there. Today, it was, I believe, John Corrales and Jake Madison. I think that was the pair doing the podcast today. I think it was. Either way, whoever was hosting the podcast had Sam Amick on to talk about his Kawhi Leonard free agency story with the Clippers uh, and a whole bunch of other good stuff. Ben Golliver is a weekly contributor on that podcast as well. David Locke hosts on Thursday. Thursdays. Great podcast to get the wide-ranging national perspective on all the teams around the league. And if you want the local perspective, once again, those 30 NBA-focused shows are excellent uh, for you to get the, the lowdown on whatever's going on with each team around the league. Same with the NFL, too. 32 NFL shows as well. We've got two Locked On Fantasy Football shows and Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson as well. So make sure you find a show on the network that you like. And if you find one that you like and a host that you want to support, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any place you get your podcasts. It's super-duper helpful with algorithms and putting the shows up in the rankings and making them more visible and helping them attract new listeners. So thank you very much. We've been doing really well in the rankings lately. I think we were in the top 40 last week for a little bit. So thank you so, so much to everyone who has left a rating or review it's, it's it's very much appreciated and uh hopefully if you haven't yet you join there in, in the fun and you give me a little christmas gift it's like the easiest christmas gift you'll give you it's the cheapest one you'll give too because it costs no money to do so thank you very much for taking the small amount of time it requires to leave a rating on the itunes page all right let's get to this one the raptors just uh beat the new new england pacers who are the new england pacers what the hell <laughs> This is going to be a hard podcast. I'm tired, and I've been in the beers a little bit. The Raptors just beat the Indiana Pacers, not the New England Pacers, 99-96 at Scotiabank Arena with a ridiculous fourth-quarter defensive performance. Uh, outscoring the Pacers 24-11 in the fourth. The Pacers just could muster nothing defensively. Some big stops late, and then maybe a foul call on uh, that went uncalled against Bogdan. Bogdan Bogdanovich? That's the, Bog, that's the Bogdanovich that's playing. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, wait, it's Boyan, isn't it? God, I is it Bojan? It is, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it's yeah, Bojan Bogdanovic. Uh, the, yeah. the voice you're hearing is Josh Howe, who's going to be here to shepherd me along as I try to collect my thoughts here. Um, because th- this game has left me just kind of befuddled. It was absurd. It's really dumb that the Raptors got the win in this one between that call at the end and just how they played the first three quarters and the fact that they were down Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Jonas Valanciunas. But they found a way, and their defense was ridiculous late. Josh, I guess, welcome to the show, first of all. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going pretty good. Um, it wasn't going so good for the first three quarters there. It was kind of like, uh, just you know, I had a hot chocolate sitting beside me. I was reclining. I was going, oh, well, you know, the Raptors are missing quite a few guys tonight. I'm slowly dozing off. And then suddenly, bam, fourth mm-hmm. quarter. 
Yeah, the fourth quarter was awesome. What was the hot chocolate situation for you before we move on to actual basketball things? Situation? I mean, I had a mug. I had the tiny marshmallows in there. It was a regular Ooh. hot chocolate. Okay. Well, the marshmallows is a good call. Uh, my girlfriend yeah. bought these, like, peppermint marshmallows at a craft show. Uh, they are, like, you just throw those in. They're delicious. Um, I'm also partial to the Baileys and the coffee, which or the hot chocolate, mm. or, or the coffee at night, That's too. Good. That's always good. But, man, I've been eating like an elf for the last month. I had three donuts yesterday on just on its own. So, <laughs> like, just shoveling hot chocolate in my mouth. And right now, I'm enjoying my favorite beer on the face of the earth, which is a hot chocolate adjacent. It is a uh, bourbon barrel-aged stout with Mexican hot chocolate. In it. It's uh, it's delicious. Wow. So from Merritt Brewing in Hamilton, shouts to Merritt Brewing. But anyway, so that that's why my thoughts are all in disarray. I'm drinking an 11 percent beer right now, so that's where I'm at. Um, but uh, we could not do a podcast right now because again, the Raptors just beat the Pacers, 99-96. Josh, let's get to the actual meat of this podcast. What is your biggest takeaway from the win for the Raptors? Biggest takeaway, I mean. The fact that they could play so poorly and yet uh, manage to stick it out in the fourth quarter is kind of ridiculously impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, almost hilariously so, because, you know, <laughs> Nurse was searching. Like, they had no business winning this at all. Um, and there's been several games like that this season, except usually what happens is Kawhi drags the Raptors by, the, you know, by their hair back into the game, and then they bail and they don't manage to win it, which, you know... In some ways, it's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but tonight, it went the other way, and Nurse was uh, searching like crazy. You know, he threw um, in Malachi Richardson starting the fourth and C.J. Miles' spot, and then he threw in Lorenzo Brown, who shockingly gave some really good minutes for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they just kind of banded together and gave a really great defensive effort that we know they're capable of, even though they're down so many guys. And it wasn't a pretty win at all, but uh, it was a fun one. Certainly was. I was fully expecting... Like you said, at the start of this fourth quarter, I was like, you know, maybe they'll make a little run of it because they've done that both against Portland and Denver over the last week where they're down and Kawhi kind of drags them to some semblance of respectability and they end up losing it. And, like, my take on those games is I prefer a close near comeback loss to, like, a blowout win any day. Like, give me the close game. Give me the clutch time. Give me the excitement when I'm watching it. I'd rather be, like, entertained and engaged in a game even if it's a loss in the regular season because it's not like wins and losses ultimately matter all that much for this team because they're going to win a shit ton of games anyway by the the, the, the blow-at fashion. But the blow-at? Blow blow-out blow fashion? God damn it. <laughs> Just, I've talked way too much this week. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Kawhi did that. I mean, he came in the game and there was instantly like a 6-0 run when he came on the floor. They were down, I think, 88-75 with eight minutes or so left in this game. And Kawhi comes in, he throws down... Probably the dunk of the season so far, would you say, his dunk on DeMontis Sabonis? Actually, let me just play it here. Why don't I do that? I'll give the, this thing some production quality. Um, this dunk here on DeMontis Sabonis, it ruled pretty hard. Here we go. Pacers trying to bounce back after the loss last night at home. Good defense by Fab. He wouldn't let the switch Yeah, that was a dunk. Yeah, that was a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dunk. It was fantastic. It was a good revenge dunk for Sabonis setting that uh, pick on Norman Powell earlier in the game and you know drawing blood from him. There it was brutal. He mm-hmm. just came back tonight and you know like he's barely in the game uh, in the 
was it, it ended the first quarter? I'm already forgetting, but and he hadn't been in long, and he ran right into Sabonis, who set a pick, and um, yeah, it, he just was on the ground instantly, and uh, that was kind of brutal. So I'm glad uh, Kawhi kind of got him back for him. Yeah, that was nice to see, and that's, again, probably the dunk of the season so far, unless maybe the dunk that Kawhi had against the the Nets, the lefty dunk in crunch time there. Maybe because they won this game, I'll give the edge to this one. And this one felt very, very unexpected. It was kind of just like he was in a sea of dudes and then just emerged to yam on the guy. It was uh, it was pretty awesome to see, so shouts to Kawhi for that. And then beyond Kawhi, I mean, there were some strange performances in this one, some sort of underdog ones. Danny Green was out there with his A, eye, like, completely bloodied and disgusting. And then he, like, I guess rolled his ankle late in the game. He came out for yeah. a sec. CJ Miles came in. And then Green came back in late, forced a, a very pivotal jump ball late in the game that gave the Raptors the chance uh, to close it out with free throws when it was 97-96, I believe. And he's out there, like, just like a pirate, just, like, peg-legged with one eye and still making incredible defensive plays. He had a rough shooting night, as you might expect for a guy who's bleeding from the eye. He went one of six from deep, but his defense was outstanding, as was everyone's in this quarter, in this, particularly in the fourth quarter, but in this game as well. I thought the Raptors mostly were pretty good at D. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, he was four of 17 from the field, but the defense he played on Victor Oladipo, who has quite a bit of size on him uh, late in that game, was just truly, truly absurd and outstanding, and... Like, the kind of stuff that Fred Van Vliet's legend was kind of made on, right? Like, oh, this is little tiny dude. is amazing at defense. Um, what did you think of sort of the secondary guys beyond Leonard in this one? Um, yeah, they were really good. Um, that last, like, sequence when the Raptors were up one with, like, 17 seconds left, um, Fred Van Vliet was just so good. He was so good down the stretch in this one. Just looked like the Van Vliet of yesteryear. Um, like, you know, just running around. He, it started off with, like, a crazy, amazing ball denial on Depot that couldn't even inbound it to him. And mm-hmm. then when they finally did get the ball to him, he just led right into Danny Green, who tied him up, and they uh, managed to get a jump ball out of it. And, like, Van Vliet doesn't show a lot of emotion on the floor most of the time. And he was, like, he let out a roar after that, which was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Brown had some surprisingly nice minutes. He did go for a gamble later that ended up... <laughs> It was kind of it was kind of funny because he was like kind of feeling himself by that point because yeah. he made a bunch of good plays and I was like you kind of earned it but also not the time. Yeah. Uh, so the play you're referencing, Lorenzo Brown, uh, I guess passes up an open shot to go try to dunk on somebody and he got it like just stripped away like a baby midair, like the way PJ Tucker stripped that ball from Isaiah Thomas in his first game as a Raptor. Pretty much just like that, except in midair. I can't remember who did it. It might have been Miles Turner. Turner was ridiculous down the stretch in this game, uh, protecting the rim. He had a huge block on Siakam, which I didn't know was possible. Um, and he was just awesome, you know, for start to back. But the Lorenzo Brown minutes, yeah, he played seven minutes. It, this was very much a Nick Nurse throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks type thing in the start of the fourth quarter. And Brown comes in and has maybe the best seven-minute 0-for-1 performance of all time with three rebounds and an assist. Uh, the assist, I believe, was on the Fred Van Vliet three that put the Raptors up, if I'm not mistaken. Or it yeah. was on a big Fred Van Vliet three at some point in the game. He had two threes down the stretch that were huge. Um, and then he also had, like, three rebounds. He was kind of good diving for balls, poking balls away. Even, like, the guys who didn't play super well in this game, like C.J. Miles, for example, he got benched in lieu of Malachi Richardson for a bit. Didn't go super well for Malachi, but Miles had to come back in after after Danny Green hurt his ankle and had a huge tip play where that led to, I believe, that three for Fred Van Vliet as well. So it was just like a nice collection of just like 
throw stuff at the wall performances and something stuck. I thought it was a really good move, though, by Nick Nurse late in the game to take Lorenzo Brown after he had that near dunk attempt. Uh, before Lorenzo Brown could do more Lorenzo Browny things, <laughs> he did some really good stuff. I think it was smart of Nick Nurse to not ride that out until the end of the game. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after that play, pretty much, he took him out and put OG in. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, like OG had a opportunity to score and kind of got stifled under the rim by Turner and Nurse took him out right after that too and put Miles back in. Mm-hmm. And the ensuing play after that was the one you mentioned before about Miles making that tip um, that Green got and kicked to Van Vliet to take the lead. So, yeah, a lot of those, uh, you know, kind of hockey rotations people talk about when they're talking about Nurse. But yeah, so... Um, that was kind of neat to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to continue on talking about this game and some of the larger implications of it in just a second. But first, I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network Twitter and Instagram feeds. We're doing some cool stuff over there. Check out at Locked On NBA Net or at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. And if you follow those accounts, you will have access to all of the hosts on either network, both the NFL and, and NBA networks. You don't got to go around and follow all 60 people. You don't have to follow me. If you don't, really don't want my dumb tweets that aren't basketball related, if you don't want my tweets about drinking thick beers and or wrapping Christmas gifts, then just if you want my basketball stuff, follow the at Locked on NBA Net account, and you're going to get retweeted into your account all of the stuff from all the hosts of the network, whether it's basketball related, you know, in-game stuff, reacting to breaking news, whether it's new fresh podcasts coming out. It's a great resource for you to keep your feed clean and also get all of the stuff from the network that you love. And then on Instagram, we're posting little snippets of the podcast, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of, you know, whatever condensed takeaway is coming out of each local podcast uh, from the biggest stories around the league each day and if you don't want to go listen to the full podcast that's fine we prefer that you do but if you don't you can just listen to that little mini take and move on with your day knowing that you got the the the, the hottest part of whatever local podcast is being uh, clipped on the locked on nba net or at locked on nfl net instagram page so make sure you're following both of those on twitter and instagram and we very much appreciate that this is jake from locked on Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Josh. Uh, let's start to the, let's go back to the beginning of this game, I suppose. And again, I was kind of wrapping Christmas gifts during this time, and I was like paying half attention because wrapping Christmas gifts for me is uh, is like the Raptors playing offense without Kyle Lowry. It's very there's not much flow to it. It's ugly. It's it's it, it eventually kind of gets done, but not in a pretty way by any means. Um, so the Raptors started this game without Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka, or Kyle Lowry. I don't really know what to like look at with Kyle Lowry. Like, I guess Ibaka, this is going to be like a one-game thing. We know Valanciunas' status. I, we haven't heard a lot about what Kyle Lowry's situation really is. 
Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not concerned really. Cause like the more he rests, the less he's playing and the less he's like taking charges from large men. But, um, you know, th- this is continuing on and hopefully he's back soon. Cause the Raptors just work way better when he does play. Um, but Greg Monroe got the call for the Raptors to start at center. This was the 11th different starting lineup the Raptors have used this so far this season. Uh, the broadcast pointed out that the other teams that have started more lineups are like the Suns and the Knicks and the Wizards, and I think the Pelicans are in there too. So not exactly like any great shakes that are doing this and having to start this many lineups, and the Raptors have had to do that and have won 24 of their 33 games, which is bloody impressive. Uh, what did you have? Did you have thoughts on how the starting lineup played without uh, both Abaka and Larry tonight? Uh, yeah, they just kind of played predictably. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Moose started off, um, really well offensively. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I mean, part of it was, like, the Pacers were just ignoring him on defense. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. Um, I don't know why. I mean, like, Moose has been in the league for quite a while, and the one thing everybody knows about him is that he's a good post-up player. So, I don't know. But Kawhi knew it, and he was finding him, um, like, open under the rim, and he was just getting a bunch of easy buckets. He hit, like, his first four shots. Um, and that was really cool to see. Um, so that was nice for him. But defensively, you know, he's never been a fantastic defender. And the Pacers were just eating them up and pick and roll on the inside. And uh, Boucher came in the game and kind of had a similar sort of situation where, you know, he hit a couple open shots. The Pacers left him wide open for his first shot in the corner of three. He can hit those against Indiana. It hasn't seen him play in the G League. I don't know. Mm. Um, but, you know, he, he was hustling and all that. But same thing on defense. Uh, he just was having a tough time recovering back in the pick and roll. And, um, you know, in both those situations, really until Nurse went to the Siakam at center lineup in the second half, uh, the Raptors were just getting destroyed on the inside, which was not really shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, glad to see Siakam play a bit of center. Um, I'm, I'm never opposed to that, really. I think, yes, there are some issues. I think Blake Murphy's kind of been... Not so thrilled about that idea just because of the rebounding issues and stuff like that. And also, Siakam is not a particularly good screener. So there are definitely trade-offs when you played him there. But um, just the way things were going, the way like the Raptors weren't able to defend DeMontis Sabonis at all, and Monroe was kind of a big culprit in that, I thought it was a good idea to sort of go with Siakam there. And, you know, I, there were some times like in this game where... Did they play OG at center at some point? Or am I just thinking that? Am I wrong? Uh, I don't remember OG. Okay, playing, so. maybe he didn't. Oh, I think it was just I read a Will Lou tweet like maybe you should play OG at center. Never mind. I'm just my, my brain is all scrambled. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good call by Nurse to go with Siakam at center, and then Boucher playing. I, I, I'm glad he got some minutes. Like I've been saying this for a couple of days now. Like I think if he's going to be using his 45 days to be up with the team, like he might as well see what he's got and. He was, yeah, kind of getting out-muscled a little bit and just not strong enough to deal with Sabonis. But, you know, five points in ten minutes. He had three blocks, which is so Chris Boucher of him to do so. Um, I'd like to see more Chris Boucher. Like, I, I think with Ibaka out, like, I wonder if, like, Nurse would get weird if Ibaka's going to miss any more time. Maybe he won't. Like, I don't think Ibaka's missed more than two games in a row his entire Raptors tenure, despite missing quite a few games here and there. Um, but I almost wonder if with Monroe and Boucher, if Nurse would get weird and try to do like the Abaka Valanciunas thing, right? Where like against certain matchups, Boucher would start at center. Would you be at all interested in that, or is that something that's a non-starter for you? Uh, I mean, they could. I don't know. I have no idea how that would turn out. Honestly, I mean, like neither of those guys are um, particularly great in terms of. Like defense, just footwork wise, like they still yeah. need, like 
Boucher has like got great instincts, like you said. Like he, he gets a lot of blocks and he's like super long, but he's kind of white sidey. Yeah, kind of yeah. white sidey. Like the, some of the issues he has, especially at the NBA level, is just like how quickly he moves his feet and the way they're just like positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know how they would uh, work together defensively, but um, it might be a shot offensively too. Would be interesting if they can space the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I might be worth a shot. Um, it'd be interesting to see exactly. Then I, I guess then you just have more like sack him off the bench kind of thing, which yeah. Would be that's actually um, something I wanted to bring up. Sorry to interrupt. Did you have anything more there? No, no, go ahead. Like, Siakam tonight, I mean, he ended up he ended up with, like, a really good line. 17 with uh, seven boards, four assists, three steals, and a block. Six of ten shooting. But it did seem almost like the Pacers had figured him out a little bit. Like, Fad Young did not seem concerned whenever Siakam was driving. Siakam seemed to have abandoned the spin move a little bit as well. Um, and he got blocked, of course, by Miles Turner late in the game, which, again, shocked me. I thought for sure that was going to go down because he always seems to find those angles on those finishes, whether it's lefty or righty, to kind of just get it over the defender and off glass and get it to fall in. That wasn't the case against Miles Turner. And shouts to Miles Turner for playing, like, the best basketball he has since, like, the 2016 playoffs. He was ridiculous defensively tonight, but five blocks for him. But Siakam... Do you think teams are kind of starting to get the book on him a little bit and maybe that spin move isn't quite as unguardable as we thought it was going to be? And, you know, if that's the case, is there a next move for him? And, like, what do you think he needs to do to try to, like, counter what defenses are going to be doing to him now that they kind of have the book on him? Uh, I think some of it is just, like, maybe being a little rattled that uh, NBA defenses are figuring out a couple of the things that he's um, really good at. Like, like. Obviously, um, a lot of those leak outs that he usually gets a lot of those easy transition points, like teams know that now. He's not getting nearly as many look, uh, leak outs. Like he'll be down the floor, and there's always one guy back to try and deflect a pass or whatever. Yeah. And now, recently, um, you know, it's always been a, an issue if defenses are giving him that much space from the three point line because they want him to shoot, drive to the rim. He's so fast and strong, and he can just get there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, now, guys are like, they know that it's coming for sure that he's going to drive, so they just step up a little bit and they can position and they take a charge. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of I think throwing him off a little bit because really he could still be pulling up for floaters, which is what I think he needs to do more often. Yeah, and he was doing that more before, um, just kind of mixing them in as he went. But um, I, I think it's just like throwing him off a little bit, and hopefully he'll get back to that because we know that he can make them because he was doing it earlier this season. So I think he just maybe needs to add a little bit more uh, to his floater game and just continue to do that. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think the floater, I mean, he's never missed a shot between 6 and 10 feet, I don't think. Um, so he should like probably continue to try to do those. Um, and yeah, it's just, God, he's just a pull-up mid-range jump shot away or just a pull-up anything away from being so goddamn good. And like, I'm not going to count him up from doing it. I'm sure it'll come in time. It's only his third season and he's shown so much growth already, but... Like, if you're looking at the Raptors right now and trying to, like, you know, project their ceiling or whatever, I think a lot of it might come down to how far Siakam's pull-up game comes and sort of his counters to what defenses are going to do to him. And, like, there are going to be some teams that just can't handle him anyway. Like, there's just going to be defenders who can't deal with him. I think Thad Young is particularly sort of suited to guard Siakam because he's sort of short and stout and while also being really quick and just strong. Like, I don't know, he's... He's really good, man. Thad Young rules. And he was... If people are looking back at, like, what the proper... The correct answer to, oh, how do the Raptors upgrade power forward for Terrence Ross? 
Thad Young might have been the answer. I mean, Ibaka's doing damn well now, so maybe that's 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 not right not the right thing to say. But Thad Young is really really good, and it's uh you know maybe that's just a specific specific matchup thing. But it's just a thing to watch, right? Because teams are going to figure out exactly what Siakam's doing. And while the spin move is a ridiculous move that not many guys can stop, I do think teams will sort of gear up for that. So we'll have to see how that comes. Um, I thought Siakam was kind of weird defensively tonight, too. The, the Raptors were kind of helping a lot, uh, sending doubles towards Sabonis, which, like, as Dan Hackett, I think, our pal on Twitter, made the point, like, the the, the Sabonis post-up is creating way worse looks than the Raptors are allowing when Siakam's digging down to double team and like they're just kicking it out for whoever's going to shoot threes like that that seems like a not really great trade-off so maybe that's like coaching and instruction maybe that's just Siakam kind of being a little too eager but then you come to this to, to the fourth quarter and Siakam's everywhere defensively kind of free safetying it and like picking up loose balls and just being Pascal Siakam everywhere on defense, so maybe that's not something to be too, too worried about. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Um, any other parting shots from this game before we wrap this thing up, Josh? Uh, nothing too specific. I just, I want to also point out that I am also very bad at wrapping presents. Um, <laughs> I just get ape everywhere, man. I don't I So I'm with you there. Yeah. Who on the Raptors would be the best and worst at wrapping presents, do you think? Oh, man. Do you think it's easier or harder to wrap presents with gigantic hands? That's so Kawhi, I think, is the most fascinating question here because everything he does is so efficient and perfect. I feel like he, theoretically, is like a three-tape guy, right? Like a three-piece of tape, like... You, you just you get the the one you fold over you got one and two and then you're just wrapped and it looks perfect like my grandma wraps <laughs> but the fingers might get in the way there but also like with the fingers you might be able to like I think it'd be easier to like pull tape and stuff like that like the you know what I mean like you know you're trying to try to juggle like holding it down while taking a piece of tape out because I never think to leave pieces of tape sticking next to the table I always pull the tape as I need it so maybe Leonard's fingers are so long that that would be an advantage there. I don't know. That's I think he'd be the best rapper now that I'm thinking about it. I think he would have sort of the, the physical tools and the uh, efficiency to get it done. Yeah, I think Van Vliet might be good at it too. I don't know. Bet on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a very much a family man. And like the way his hair is cut, like if he cut if he wraps gifts anyway, like anywhere close to the way he gets his hairline trimmed, I mean – Good night. Um, who would be the worst? The worst? Oh, man, the worst is tough. I mean, I don't know <laughs> why. I feel like Monroe just like would, not that he'd be bad at it, just that like he wouldn't care. Fair enough. He'd just be like, yeah, no. I mean, like, you know, I'll just stick it in like a bag and you get it that way. See, 
So this is weird. I, I keep ragging on DeLon Wright's ability to be an adult. When I did the podcast with Katie Heindel and we were talking about the signature dishes the Raptors would cook, um, I said DeLon Wright just goes to Chipotle like four times a week and that's his signature dish. <laughs> but like, I think DeLon Wright would just be a guy who just throws something in a bag. Like, he feels like the most single Raptor, like the most aggressively single. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I can see that. He's yeah. always kind of, and he's kind of quiet too, so it just kind of feeds into that. Yeah. I get to see him like, all right, I'll get some tissue paper, loosely throw this in a bag with whatever the gift is and t- tape the bag up. Um, yeah, I think he's probably the best. I mean, Siaka might be too. Like his handle, is, he probably thinks he's better than he is at, 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 uh, <laughs> at wrapping gifts and then kind of loses control once in a while. Yeah. Sometimes he has an immaculate gift wrapping, and other times it's a little bit sort of wonky, and he has like weird folds and stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a spicy gift though. <laughs> oh, hot sauce! Good gift to give, by the way. I hope I oh. get some hot sauce for Christmas. That stuff on there. Sometimes I buy myself hot sauce for Christmas. It's really good. There's lots of Christmas <laughs> markets going on, and they all have a hot sauce. And you can usually find me at a Christmas market, just posted up at the hot sauce, talking to the hot sauce creator about the different elements of the hot sauce and then trying all the different hot sauces with a pretzel or whatever he's given me to, test, to, to taste it with. So, shouts oh, to hot sauce, I guess. I'm in a really festive mood, man. I'm just, I was wrapping gifts all day. Feels good. The, the Raptors won. It's delightful. Just a, yeah. just a good day all around. Josh, thank you for indulging me in this idiocy. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. This is my favorite type of podcast to do. So. Well, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find your work? Do you got anything to plug right now? Uh, yeah, I had a piece come out just a couple of days ago at Raptors Republic. You can go read that now. It's on uh, Raptors After Time Out plays. Hey, uh, good as fuck piece. Read this. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, they've been pretty good at it this year. Yeah. So um, I decided to write about it, and yeah, you can go read that. Um, other than that, nope. Um, I'm trying to see if I can record another episode of the Writers Write Pod. It's been a bit, but everybody's really busy because of the holiday season. So yeah. we'll see if that happens or not. But yeah, other than that. You can just find my stuff uh, there, and you can find me on Twitter at Halvolution. Yes, you can. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, rate, review on iTunes to Locked On Raptors. Uh, Patreon listeners, I deeply apologize, but there might be a delay in getting this week's Patreon podcast out for the same reason that Josh said. There's not that many people available, and also, I'm busy as hell at work right now. I, uh, I'm doing a really crazy thing tomorrow and Friday where I'm co-hosting... Both the morning show and the drive time show because people are on holidays and they're like, Sean, I guess you're doing it. So, um, yeah, I'll be on the radio on TSN 1150 in Hamilton from 6 to 9 a.m. both Thursday and Friday. And then also from 3 to 7 p.m. So tune in for my sleep-deprived seven hours of takes i guess <laughs> please do that it's a lot of fun uh in the mornings i'm co-hosting with marshall ferguson uh thursday afternoon three to seven i'm co-hosting with ian dominagato and then friday i'm co-hosting with my hamilton is hoops co-host katrina squazen from three to seven so please tune into that if you'd like or listen to podcasts of that stuff when it's posted uh very much appreciated as always and uh i think that's gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in to lockdown raptors we'll be back again Probably on like Saturday morning, if I'm being honest, just because of said busyness that I'm talking about there. Uh, I may be able to squeeze in a podcast between those shows at some point, but uh, we'll see. I don't want to spread myself too thin. So, And it probably will have talked too much by the time I, I, the podcast opportunity comes around. So we'll see. Probably Saturday morning for a podcast to break down the Cavs game. If I don't talk to you then, uh, everyone have a 
fantastic holiday and uh, wonderful Christmas on Monday or Tuesday, whenever the hell Christmas is. Next week's podcast schedule, probably like a Thursday, Friday schedule is what we're looking at, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk to you one more time before Christmas. I'll promise you that. And uh, thank you so much for talking or listening. God damn it. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hopefully next time I'm not so much in the beers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.